Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. This is the Great America Show, and great to have you with us. There's been something of a lull in the Russian war on Ukraine. Vladimir Putin is repositioning his forces to the eastern Ukraine and the Donbass region. While Putin has devastated cities and towns throughout Ukraine, the Kiev area has taken the greatest beating, the most punishing bombardment. It's been relatively quiet in Kiev, though, for the past week until a number of strikes overnight. This is the Russians are aligning their troops to the east and southeast and the coastal areas for what Ukrainians expect to be very tough fighting, tough battles and few gains for either side. Biden poll numbers continue their slide now at the lowest levels of his presidency. The Marxist corporate media cover for him, as always, and try to rationalize his odd lost behavior and obvious impairment. The White House even reversed its Green Deal ban on crude oil drilling, going so far as to reinstate limited drilling on federal lands. And I do mean limited. So limited, in fact, it would be a major surprise if this limited change would have any positive effect on what is now an inflation crisis in gasoline and energy prices. And with Biden's approval rating at that all-time low, the Bidenites and leaders of both houses are letting it be known they're expecting a drubbing in the midterm elections in seven months. Even so, not everything is perfectly rosy for the Republicans. In the Ohio Senate primary, for example, President Trump endorsed an unpopular candidate, J.D. Vance, against candidates with greater support, and in particular, Josh Mandel, state official, legislator, two tours in Iraq. There's been some backlash against the Trump endorsement. And Trump's putting his first cash infusion into the primary races, his Save America PAC sending $500,000 to the Georgia governor's race. The incumbent governor is, let's say, not one of President Trump's favorites after the 2020 Georgia election results, a race that ended with 21,000 more votes for Biden. The primary season is coming up on us fast, and with us now is a keen observer of all things political and media, if there's a difference these days, nationally syndicated radio, TV, and podcast personality, WOR Radio's Mr. New York great American and friend, the broadcasting legend himself, Mark Simone. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. New York himself, as I just mentioned, Mr. Mark Simone. Mark, great to have you with us. Great to be on my favorite podcast. I love listening to this. Love the the Donald Trump interview. This is a great show. Well, you're going to like it even better today because Mark Simone is our special guest. What do you think of that? (laughs) I'd rather hear Donald Trump, but okay. (laughs) It's a, it's the delight to have you with us. I want to just start with the news of the day and people don't, don't believe us when we in media say this, uh, but I can say this because I'm not corporate media at all. I I've been crushed by corporate media. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I am just a victim, ladies and gentlemen, having the time of his life, to be honest with you. Uh, the, the paper just keeps flying. Every, every kind of story washes over the transom. Uh, it is just an extraordinary time in our history in which we've got war, we've got uh, plague, we have it all. The four horsemen of the apocalypse are, are riding Shetland ponies at this point, but they could get to the bigger horses. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the times in which we live, Mark? Well, I think maybe letting Democrats run everything, uh, maybe it's not working out. <laughs> maybe the, letting them run the Congress, the presidency, the White House, the governor's mansions, the police department, maybe... Uh, I think the results of the experiment are in. It's it's just a, a crazy time. And as you say, this experiment, I think we've taken it quite far enough. As a matter of fact, way too far. Yeah, I think the real answer to this is the media. You know, uh, years ago, I guess they were biased. You know, Walter Cronkite, you could tell he used a little bit of a biased adjective in a story. That was about it. But now they are totally corrupt. They've let the Democrats know, do Anything you want, and we'll cover it up. And I think that's what has caused all of this. You know, it's like if the teacher left the classroom and didn't come back for three hours, who knows what would break out. So the media keeping an eye on everything, going after any mistakes, any problems, any bad results. You shut that off and then Democrats can do whatever the hell they want. No consequences. It's really true. Uh, talking with uh, Steve Bannon the other day on this show, and uh, he he says is is he is want to do, uh, you know, elections have consequences, and rigged elections have catastrophic consequences. <laughs> uh, it's and it's uh, it's an essential truth on all of this. The, the nothing seems to be going right for Joe Biden. This is the beginning of the third term of Barack Obama. Just like they said, he's here to take over uh, your reaction. Uh, I thought that, uh, I mean, I've seen some pathetic Joe Biden videos, but this was the worst. Everybody, yeah. I thought the building was going to tip over from everybody rushing over to Obama to surround him and Biden all alone over there. And despite his 40 years of experience in politics, couldn't figure out what to do. He kept turning in circles you know, run over, talk to anybody, look busy, do so. It, it just looked pathetic. And it shows you what, how cold hearted Obama is. You know, if that were you and you saw what was happening to Biden, you would have run over and put your arm around him or brought him into the picture. You wouldn't let him suffer like that. But Obama paid no attention to Biden. Even Dr. Jill Biden was over with Obama. Obama means business when he says things to his former vice president. Now, the leader of the free world, Joe Biden, he calls him his vice president uh, and then uses first person references. I, I believe the count was 33. Probably we could take that up another 30, 40%. Uh, it, it's, he doesn't change. He's as narcissistic as ever. Uh, and he really does have a, a way of garnering a room when especially the only competition uh, is a man who's mentally impaired, uh, who is lost to begin with, and is really operating as a puppet president, if ever one did. Yeah. And the White House put out that uh, ridiculous statement that, oh, no, they're very close friends. They talk on the phone all the time. Uh -huh. They don't talk on the phone. He was in the room with them and he wouldn't talk to them. They never talk. <laughs> Well, and there's and that, you know, that picture where Biden comes over to him, puts his hand on his shoulder from behind him and, and, and Obama does everything but take the hand and do the old shoulder brush. Yeah. Uh, he just ignored the man. 
yeah. absolutely ignored him. And all of the people standing around Obama couldn't figure out who this old fellow was who was trying to I- intrude, really, and impose himself on them. Uh, I don't think one of them thought about they have just dissed a president of the United States. Uh, most of the people in that room seem to have sort of moved on by Joe Biden. Uh, and looking at the polls, Mark, it looks like the country may be, uh, may be moving on by. Yeah, there's a video of a, it's a couple of weeks ago when he went to Poland for that meeting with all the world leaders. I got a video of him as he walks in the room where all the leaders are waiting in that waiting room to go on. They don't talk to him either. No one came over to him. He was just same thing, wandering around by himself. And they're all talking to each other, ignoring him. And his big boast on the campaign trail was that I know them better than anybody. They're my friends. I've worked with them for years. They wouldn't even talk to him. <laughs> if those are his friends, can yeah. you imagine the rest of the neighborhood? Uh, I, I want to turn to the, the Biden laptop, which has now because the Washington Post and the New York Times have said so, uh, it's for real. It's a real story now, Mark. Uh, we've got that in from the New York Times and the Washington Post. Don't you feel better knowing that a year and a half later, they can confirm what, what we all knew back in October uh, of 2020? It's real. And why in the world isn't somebody investigating? Uh, I'd like you to listen to Joe and Mika. Uh, <laughs> coming down with the final official verdict here. This is the, you know, there's a, should be a really drum rolls and trumpets, but we're just going to go with straight sound here is Joe and Mika who have a, a pronouncement to make. Post comes out with it. They're the only mm-hmm. one that comes out with it. And then it is banned on social yeah. media. That's bad. Yeah, yeah that, that's it's horrific. Be, 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 yeah. That's bad. Because, again, it, it is, I think we have to, you know, you have to say it. It's a real, it's a real story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a real story, Mark. Yeah, like because Dan, Dan Abrams weighed in. And I don't know how many years of law school he had to do extra to have that kind of uh, just penchant uh, uh, appreciation for the facts and align them as a real story. I, I, it, it was absolutely insane to watch those, those three in particular, lefties uh, to the bone, uh, having to deal with the reality of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. Yeah, that's the new promo for MSNBC. Breaking news, 17 months later, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took a year and a half, but we'll, we'll admit this was real. Can you believe that Joe Scarborough had the audacity to say that that cover up and refusal, it was horrific. Mark, it was horrific. I tell you, (laughs) well, you know, uh, but the thing about this laptop, uh, you know, the old, old, old mob guys used to say, uh, never put anything in writing and never talk on the phone. If you can talk in person. And they used to say, never talk in person. If you can just nod, you don't write any of this down. This crazy guy fills a laptop with all the evidence. He lays out who's getting kickbacks, who they're kicking up to. And if I were committing these kind of uh, things and my laptop broke, I would destroy it. At least Hillary Clinton had the the good sense to bleach bit it, uh, hit it with a hammer, destroy it, and get a new laptop. But he gives it to a repairman and then forgets to pick it up. I, I'm, I'm getting a wave of nostalgia, Mark. You brought up you brought up the private email server, the destruction of evidence, the obstruction of justice, uh, and you know her entire staff out with. I have this 
image of with these uh, sledgehammers and ball peen hammers smashing the hell out of their uh, their iPhones and their uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah, their iPad and their laptops and the... <laughs> it, it's just hilarious to think of and to see to see now this poor little laptop filled to the brim with all sorts of pornographic uh, nonsense, uh, uh, text messages, emails, you name it. And, and now, Mark, we can go one step further because the Daily Mail, God bless the Daily Mail, uh, when the entire American media, corporate media ignores the story, just be, just be wary because they're about to lose out again to the Daily Mail. Whistleblower reads the headline who handed Hunter's abandoned laptop to congressman and the dailymail.com reveals he has, get ready for this, 450 gigabytes of deleted material, including 80,000 images and videos. And guess what he did, Mark? He fled to Switzerland, fearing retaliation from the White House. This White House would retaliate? Well, look at what misplaced fear this fellow has. But can you imagine 450 gigabytes more of, of stuff we're all just dying to see? Well, I'm looking at what's on the laptop. Emails detailing kickbacks. You got the, the worst kind of pornography, video of him doing crack. So imagine what how bad something had to be for him to delete it. <laughs> could be any worse? What was so much worse that he had to delete it? <laughs> I can't unsee what I didn't see. Uh, and to think about that is I, I, I don't want to make too much of an effort on it because you're exactly right. If that stuff was acceptable, what in the world is this stuff? Uh, for two weeks, he's been hiding in Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, he's going to post them, by the way, all online in a database in the coming weeks. And uh, with that, uh, we should have even more information uh, that the White House will be able to deny uh, and Joe Biden can sort of sort of just pat all the reporters in the in the press uh, uh, core, sort of pat them on the head condescendingly and say, you know, this, there's nothing here. Just keep moving along. Um, we'll be talking about infrastructure budgets later. Yeah, well, uh, this, this is a good example of the uh, totally corrupt media. They'll acknowledge it's real. But why aren't they at his doorstep at Joe Biden? Anytime he's near a microphone demanding to know who is the big guy. Answer that once and for all. If it's not you, who could it be? And uh, they should be asking this every second. It should be the opening story on every newscast, and it's not. It, it's not because their corporate masters haven't figured out the play here. They don't know what to do. They do know they can't escape the investigation now. They can't escape the, the photos, uh, many of them. They can't escape all of the text and the digital content of the, and that laptop. But... What they can do is, as you suggest, they can bring the screws down on it and tighten up the coverage so that people will never see beyond the, the closest horizon. Uh, and that's what they've been doing successfully for seven years since they started the first investigation of Donald Trump <laughs> in Crossfire Hurricane. Uh, and they've gotten away with it. Two impeachments, three years of FBI investigations. Uh, a, a special counsel investigation. And right now, they have not a single thing. Contrast that to what we found from one laptop and what it means to the Biden presidency. And, and, and by the way, this, don't you think this means he has to be compromised? 
I, she and Putin, I'm told, went to the Olympics for only one reason, and that was to share stories about the Hunter Biden laptop and have a few laughs. Don't you <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, to even the average American, it's pretty obvious what was going on here. You know, you're a politician for many years. You leave office and then you go make money. You get millions of dollars from different companies. They buy influence that you you can influence things for them. Joe Biden figured out a way to do it without even leaving office while he's in office. You have your son be the bag man. Your brother collects contracts and they kick it back to you. You sell your influence before you even leave office. And he's been doing it for decades and no one has ever really grilled him about this. You know, nobody ever asked him when you're a congressman on a government salary for 30 years, how did you buy the DuPont estate in Delaware? <laughs> how did you afford that? Uh, it, it is remarkable. No one wanted to pursue the story. Uh, a lot of people had the, uh, the access to much of the laptop. They didn't want to pursue it. And then within this, what is really, you know, it is funny uh, and it is comic in some ways. But when you looked at 50 veterans of the intelligence community who in late October signed that letter saying that that was Russian disinformation, everything on that laptop. And that gave Joe Biden the opportunity in the debate with President Trump to say, oh, no, no, this is Russian disinformation. Uh, I don't have to deal with your silly questions, your uh, silly charges, uh, because I have 50 veterans plus. I believe it was six uh, heads, former heads of the CIA <laughs> saying that uh, this is all nonsense, Russian disinformation, Russia, Russia, Russia. Again, Russia would say Donald Trump. They knew they lied. And so did the attorney general, Bill Barr, who could have changed history right in that moment because he knew he knew that Biden was lying. Yeah. Now they, uh, again, media totally corrupt. They should have been all over that letter from yep. those 50 guys. They should have said, it says right here in the fine print, we have no evidence of any kind to back this up. They should have gotten that through to the public. They should also point it out. If that wasn't Hunter Biden's laptop, the government would have taken it. That's got a serial number in it. You can trace who owned that laptop. Uh, the justice department, the government, the FBI would have proven whose laptop it is. And that would have been the end of it. If they could do that. Do you think that she and Putin have seen the contents of that laptop uh, and have used it against President Biden. I think the only thing helping us with Xi, uh, he must look at Biden and the weakness and the weakness of our military leaders and Lloyd Austin. And they must think maybe this is a trap. I better not move right now. Maybe they're trying to trap me into doing something. They can't be this bad. Yeah, it, it can't. It can't be that the United States is led by a mentally impaired uh, older gentleman who really doesn't know what the heck he's doing in any given moment. Uh, but the, the laptop leads us in all sorts of interesting places. And, and most recently, it turns out uh, we've, uh, we've seen the revelations that Hunter Biden was facilitating uh, funding for companies involved in, quote unquote, bio research in Ukraine. Uh, and this is, this is very serious stuff. Uh, because the charge is by the Russians, imagine this, the Russians, that it is biochemical warfare and that they were doing gain of function research in those laboratories in Ukraine and other countries, by the way, because they were no longer 
allowed to do so in the United States. What do you, what do you think of that, that part of the story? Uh, again, more corruption of the media. They should be all over that story. Uh, even when Fauci, when he was asked about that gain of function, why you know, they interview Fauci 47 times a week. Why couldn't they ask him, why would you ever do gain of function research? What would be the point of it? Why, why is it the most dangerous research you could do? Why would you ever do this? Uh, and, and, Russia, I, I, you know, I think they see the weakness of the American media. You think their media is censored over in Russia? Look at ours, <laughs> our social media. Yeah, state media takes on uh, about the same meaning in both places, doesn't it? Uh, what what more could Joe Biden or any other Democrat ask than to be in control of the Washington Post, the New York Times, every other major? Uh, a news outlet and in television uh, to uh, to have absolute access to ABC News, CBS News, NBC News, uh, and the uh, cable channels all except for uh, three, let's say, uh, but certainly MSNBC and CNN proudly, proudly uh, complicit in everything that the that the Democratic Party dumps on them, it, it, and they, to do it with a straight face. Uh, that's one of the things that made it shocking. With, Joe uh, Scarborough and, and Mika uh, to actually acknowledge that it's a story. I mean, that, that is, that's big stuff. That's a big breakthrough. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, you know, something's on the loose now at NBC and they've got to stop it and kill it before it uh, contaminates uh, more, uh, more of the, uh, the, the NBC news empire. Yeah. But the next day there was Joe and Mika talking to Pete Buttigieg about what a wonderful job he's doing. They never said to him, <laughs> supply chain crisis, it's just taking crates off a ship. Why can't you fix this? Like, yeah. Why aren't you out there getting this straightened out? They never asked him a word about it. And if they had, uh, the correct answer would be supply chain crisis. Well, it, it, it happens to be a fellow by the name of President Donald J. Trump, <laughs> who said, do your manufacturing in America. Hire American, buy American, and stop this nonsense with outsourcing jobs and offshoring production. Bring it home and put America first, and there would be no supply chain disruption. There would be nothing called supply chain disruption. And if there were a hundred Chinese-owned container ships off the coast of Long Beach, California, it would be because they had come to pick up some good old-fashioned American manufactured products and we would be enjoying our trade surplus with the Chinese instead of they with us. But of course, that's a fantastic fantasy. And I apologize for even indulging. <laughs> well, if there were a supply chain crisis under Donald Trump, he would be on the dock standing there with every union leader, every trucking, everybody would be there and nobody would leave until they got this settled and got things moving again. You, know, when you, you, build, you build a hundred story skyscrapers you know how much stuff you have to get delivered to that site? I'm sure he's dealt with a million supply chain crises and fixed yeah. them all. <laughs> and, and can and can you imagine how stressed out all of his vendors would be after getting that call from Donald Trump? Uh, and can you imagine the, the phone call with Vladimir Putin had he moved those troops uh, into position the two or three months before actually launching the invasion, talking to Putin and saying, what are you doing with all those troops? Uh, the president said he thought really and sincerely that uh, Putin was just negotiating. But if if President Trump had decided there was something else amiss, he would have had a discussion that would have gone something like this. Don't <laughs> do it, Vlad. <laughs> That's it. And I, you know that 
That's the same reason that uh, that Kim Jong Un did not uh, do launch any ballistic missiles because he and Trump had a good relationship. That didn't mean he was pro North Korea. He just had a mature adult relationship uh, with a head of state who happens to be a dictator. Uh, but it seems that most are right now, whether it's China, whether it's Russia, whether it's North Korea, you name it. Yeah, and sometimes he would praise them, and you got to do that. Like Kim Jong Un, he was it was fascinating. He said, "You know, this is a very tough kid. You got to admire this kid. Twenty five, he takes over. All the generals are trying to kill him. He maneuvered through. You got to give this kid credit, and he got attacked for that. But uh, hostage negotiators, professional hostage negotiators, will tell you that's the technique." Act like you understand the guy, praise his strengths, and then warn him about what he's doing. But uh, Trump knew how to do that, and it was done with great skill, unlike yeah. Biden. Yeah, unlike Biden. Uh, all of the uh, malaprops and misstatements that he made on his trip to, to Brussels and to Warsaw uh, for the NATO summit. Here he is, here is Joe, at a union event uh, celebrating uh, with union members. And he started to talk about Ukraine. But here is the president of the United States and how he revealed his future plans to those union folks who must have just been horrified when they heard him say this. This fight is far from over. Here's the point. This war could continue for a long time, but the United States will continue to stand with Ukraine, the Ukrainian people in the fight for freedom. And I just want you to know that. And by the way, if I got to go to war, I'm going with you guys. <laughs> I have never heard a commander in chief say that I'm going, I may be going to war, but let me tell you what, all you lucky folks in this room with me, you're going to war with me. That's the way that it's a two-sided deal, Mr. President. Uh, they, they had to flee that room. They had to be trampling people on their way out of the White House. <laughs> And the people asking on the streets, why are you running? <laughs> President Biden says we're going to war and he's going to take us with him. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. I, I just I can't even imagine it. What a what a military that would be a bunch of uh, truck drivers and an 80 <laughs> year old guy bumping into walls. <laughs> uh. Yelling, follow me. <laughs> Where the hell I'm going? Uh, oh my gosh! It, it you, it, it it is hilarious to think what we're going through, and to watch the left wing media, these corporate uh, media types, these anchors, they get all puffed up. They, you can just just see them inflating with helium or some other gas, uh, and then bloviating the the left wing ideological talking points and acting as though it's all real. There is nothing real when you watch those corporate news. Uh, they're making it up. It's it's propaganda dressed up as news and no better than that. And when he lies, they don't do anything. You know, Donald Trump may have exaggerated the square footage on his apartment. This was major news here for three days. Every real estate ad does that. But Biden can tell any lie he wants. He told this story the other day about as a kid sitting around the kitchen table with his parents crying about the price of gas and what it was doing to them. Well, I was watching the Greg Kelly. He checked the price of gas never budged during Biden's entire childhood <laughs> it was 31 cents again from the time he was four till 18. <laughs> so he just makes up these stories. Remember the train conductor, Charlie, and uh, what he happened with him and Charlie. And it turns out Charlie retired 20 years ago. He died 10 years ago. There was no Charlie. 
He's unique in so many uh, different ways. Uh, he leaves the border wide open. So now we have a crisis that he won't acknowledge. Uh, we're talking about the largest mass influx of illegal immigrants into this country in its history over the first, first 12 months of his administration. And now even more are on the way. And we've got people asking uh, in Washington, D.C., what should we do, Mr. President? He's saying, you know, basically get out the welcome wagon. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to be open borders. We're going to have free flows of capital, free flows of people. It only goes one way, but there it is. And now we learn today that his own drug enforcement agency has admitted that China is supplying all of the Mexican cartels with pharmaceutical ingredients to make fentanyl fentanyl the deadliest drug uh, known to man or at least known to me and there's no supply chain issue there they're rolling that stuff in and killing americans uh, and and i have to say it gets to be a plan doesn't it when you send us a virus in 2020 that kills a million americans and uh, sickens nearly half the people, at least uh, in the country, you start to think there's a, there's a plan at work here. Don't you? What do yeah. you think? Well, you know, there is a way to remove uh, Biden and Harris. If the Republicans take the Congress besides leaving the border wide open, they've been ru running this smuggling operation with these private jets they've hired right. to bring these illegals. They're landing in Westchester airport in the middle of the night, by the way, they've started again in the last couple of weeks. I hear now, landing at the other end of the runway away from the photographers, but hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of illegals being smuggled in. They use private security contractors who've said, and we've got this on camera, uh, we've been told not to identify ourselves, not to identify what we're doing. This is an impeachable offense. They're running a human trafficking operation, a smuggling operation. In uh, January, when the Republicans take over, if you want to impeach Joe Biden, it could be for running this smuggling operation. And you can get Kamala Harris, too, because she says she's in charge of the border. So they'd both be guilty here. <laughs> You're exactly right. When you step back from this for just a moment, you realize something. That the Democratic Party, the Marxists, uh, the Obama administration and the Biden administration, open borders. They were pro-open borders. They are uh, pro-open borders, which makes them pro-Mexican drug cartels. They are pro-death uh, and destruction because that's the result of leaving that border wide open. It's the result of letting the Chinese supply the Mexican drug cartels with the, the deadly materials necessary to make fentanyl, to also make phony prescription drugs that are also being marketed in this country, killing more people, and we don't even know who they are. This is an insidious plot by the Chinese, the Mexican drug cartels, and the Democratic Party to make it possible for this, all of these deadly materials, all the sex trafficking and the human smuggling across that border, that makes the Democratic Party responsible for every bit of this because that choice was theirs and they chose to put Kamala Harris and Joe Biden at the top of this government and to follow those open border policies that are resulting in so much death and destruction in this country. What do you think?
And also, don't forget on the local level, in every major city now, you get these crazy, woke, left-wing district attorneys who will not put anybody in jail. We've got one in New York who put it in writing in a memo. We will not seek jail sentences, no matter what. Even if it's the worst murderer ever, he said, well, we'll put a limit on it. No, uh, no long sentences. But you've got uh, robbers, muggers, stabbers, shooters, all being released over and over uh, with no bail. Since this guy, this district attorney's taken office, crime is up 45% in New York since January. Subway crime is up 75%, all because of this. We've got a, a Democratic governor who's now being a woke leftist who won't remove this district attorney. And you see this in 26 other cities. So drug dealing and all of this stuff, it's just being encouraged by the fact that you won't end up in jail. I, I'm, I'm going to say something very controversial. Uh, there are going to be seismic uh, waves go across the broadcasting media uh, industry when I say this, because it always happens when I use this name. So I'm going to whisper it so that the effect perhaps will be less hurtful and painful, uh, certainly for me. But the name George Soros, I've said it, and now I can't stop. Soros yeah. is the man who backed all of those uh, just so generous uh, and soft on crime prosecutors. He, this is his idea. It's his plan to destabilize American society and to uproot our heritage, our history, and rewrite it. And that's what's going on. Yeah. Now, you've also got his son, Alex Soros, because uh, old George is getting into a Biden sort of condition right now. So uh, it's being carried on this tradition, but you got to give them credit. They were clever. They, they realized you can get anybody into a district attorney job. It, those races don't spend a lot of money. So for a million dollars in a race, you could pretty much win the race. Uh, but he put aside what was some extraordinary number of hundreds of millions of dollars to get 26 of these lunatic district attorneys installed and create this crime wave. He's doing the same thing with secretaries of state too, wherever right. he can put in a crazy left-wing one who uh, wants to pass out ballots everywhere and not check signatures. So uh, this is a, about the most destructive guy in America for the last 10 years. And he had his place in the election of 2020, the, the rigged election uh, as a, the special counsel investigating in Wisconsin said it's rigged uh, and they have obviously they succeeded and have managed to shut down again the complicit left-wing media who should have been investigating uh, and the investigators in 2020, whether they were in the Trump administration, whether they are in uh, state uh, bureaus of in, uh, investigation, all of them should have been involved. But the hammer came down because that's the way the Democratic establishment, the Marxist movement in America, wanted it. Uh, do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And the Mark Zuckerberg, uh, 500 million, mm -hmm. half a billion dollars, that kind of influence. It may be legal. As somebody said, you know, he stole the, he, he did it legally, but he stole the election, Zuckerberg, with that money. That should be all over the news, all over the media. Of course, they don't want to get their Twitter accounts or Facebook accounts blocked. So they mm -hmm. leave social media alone. But do you remember when the, if the Koch brothers donated a dollar fifty, it was front page news. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and it still would be that for doing something so small. But uh, Zuckerberg, uh, Michael Gableman, the special counsel in West, uh, Wisconsin, appointed by the assembly speaker there uh, to, to root out 
the corruption and tell the, the people of Wisconsin what happened. I mean, there's a battle royal now, political battle royal between the Democrats and the Republicans, because the governor there is a Democrat. The attorney general is a Democrat uh, and the legislature is uh, a Republican, at least the assembly. And they will they will refuse. They're refusing to honor the subpoenas of the special counsel. They do not want the information turned over. The voting machine companies will not honor the subpoena because they don't want to tell people what happened. We have an election now. What is it? A year and a half later, and still no one has seen how those machines work, what the process was, and I'm talking about various voting machine companies that were used throughout the United States. And we are told you, you can't know we're not going to investigate where else in our history. Have we been told we can't get an investigation where there's probable cause of a felony I mean, in the special counsel, Wisconsin says there's evidence of all sorts of felonies, election bribery, which is a felony. Yeah. Well, you're not allowed to say this unless you're uh, Stacey Abrams, who in a thousand interviews has said her election was rigged. She really won the governor's race. It was stolen from her. And she's the great hero. Uh, and uh, let's not forget, you've got dozens and dozens of videos of Hillary Clinton saying the 2016 election was rigged. That Russia, I, this one I can't even figure out, somehow Russia tampered with the election. Yeah, but right. she, she's on record as saying that over and over again. And, and the Democrats, by the way, protested the Trump election victory in 2016 uh, and and persisted. And they, by the way, challenged more electors than did the Republicans uh, in, in 2020. Uh, as the saying goes, look it up. It's yeah. the truth. And none other than Hillary Clinton, that known insurrectionist, you know, protested the, the election. Uh, because it was, you know, you know, no one wants to be the left wing media. You said it. The left wing media makes all the difference in this uh, this mess we're in, because if we had just one clarion voice uh, of both reason and independence and rationality in, in the national uh, corporate media, uh, I think you would see things start to pivot very quickly uh, in favor of uh, truth, justice and the American way. Uh, by the way, I want to just remind the audience, if you have not heard uh, the interview uh, my interview with Michael Gableman, the special counsel for the state of Wisconsin, and you want to know how, uh, in detail, how Mark Zuckerberg and his uh, agents influenced the election of 2020 in Wisconsin and put lots of money, $10 million into five cities, the five largest cities in Wisconsin, to influence the outcome, uh, you've got to hear Michael Gableman, and uh, just check on our list of podcasts. It was, I think, uh, four or five days ago, uh, but it's really fascinating, and we recommend it to you. Uh, I, I want to go back to to something, Mark, in in terms of uh, the idea that Katanji Brown Jackson uh, is going to be the next Supreme Court judge. I have a lot of trouble with that, and, and I have a lot of trouble with it. First, because Mitt Romney is going to vote for her. <laughs> that tells me that's a wrong, wrong person to put on the Supreme Court. So is Susan Collins. Uh, so is Lisa Murkowski. The three amigo uh, rhinos are going to vote for her. Uh, one of my favorite reasons for that, by the way, is Murkowski says she has great demeanor and temperament. 
to sit on the Supreme Court. Have you ever heard that somebody has to have a likable personality to be on the <laughs> Supreme Court? I mean, this this is this kind of this is what rhinos come up with. This is the kind of stew they uh, concoct. Uh, your thoughts about Katanji Brown Jackson and whether she belongs on the on the Supreme Court. Well, she does have great demeanor and uh, temperament. So, uh, you know, what is that? <laughs> if you went to Harvard, if you've been a judge for years, I would assume you're very well behaved and you've got great manners. Yeah. I mean, it's or at of, least you can fake it, right? Yeah, I would, I've been a very prominent woman. I assume she's uh, well behaved and great. Uh, the the obviously the stuff on the child pornographers and letting them go with light sentences is horrifying. Now they try to come up with a list of Republican judges who've gone lenient on uh, child pornographers, but the difference was there was no pattern. There was a case where a judge went a little lenient or another judge, but not over and over and over again. Yeah. And she's never fully explained what that was all about or why she did that. And uh, naturally Mitt, Mitt Romney's not going to ask her. And uh, uh, you're right. If Mitt Romney is for it, I'm against it. I don't care what it is. Yeah. And, and Ted Cruz uh, grilled her is, is, is sharply uh, and uh, powerfully as one can. And she refused to answer him directly on a number of questions. Uh, the Democrats themselves withheld part of her record from that committee, the Judiciary Committee. Uh, and that's the reason that it was a deadlock. It's an even uh, vote right now uh, to come out of committee. And that's why the full Senate is going to have to vote just to bring it out for a vote. Uh, and, and, and good old crazy Joe, uh, I'm Susan Collins, Martin, you know, uh, Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney. They know a leader when they see one, a man of immense talent and, and, and brilliance like Joe Biden. And they're going to jump on board with him. Well, the problem is uh, there's a difference between how Republicans do this and how Democrats do it. You know, a Democratic nominee, the Republicans, they'll ask a few tough questions. Then they'll get called a racist and a white supremacist. But right. when it's a Republican nominee, boy, the Democrats, they'll bring in 50 people that say you raped them, 12 people that say you robbed them. You remember in the <laughs> that wasn't enough. In the Kavanaugh hearings, protesters broke into the chamber and stopped the proceedings from happening. Right. Uh, now, that wasn't an insurrection, by the way, even though protesters stormed right. into the Capitol, stopped a government proceeding. That's not an insurrection. Yeah, <laughs> it's not an insurrection and it's not obstruction of a, uh, a, a congressional <laughs> uh, function, yeah. which is a felony, by the way. Who knew uh, <laughs> that all of those uh, pink hats had uh, committed a felony? Uh, it, it, it was when you look at what is happening on that Capitol right now with a president and a vice president who are absolutely in uh, incompetent and inept uh, and should never have even been considered uh, for a, a post anywhere near the vice presidency or the presidency who are now leading the country. We're talking about leaders of the free world right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, aren't you proud? Uh, because the rest of the world certainly must be wondering what in the heck is happening uh, to our society that we produce this kind of elected official at the top of our government. I, I can't even begin to, uh, to imagine. And when you, th when you think about, I, I'm, you know, I was really saddened to hear that Elon Musk ha had decided to, to buy up 9% uh, of Twitter, because that means he can't be using some of that time, at least to guide and uh, advise our <laughs> Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know who their advisors are, but Elon Musk would make a good one, I would think. Uh, he's a man of, uh, he's a brilliant mind, a sound mind, and uh, uh, 
And what do you th- what do you think of the fact he's taking on Twitter by buying becoming its largest shareholder and saying he's worried about free speech? Well, he's he's my, a, he's my kind of guy. Yeah, and he's a very smart guy. And problem is when you get into a place like Twitter, you can't figure out how they do it with the algorithms and how they uh, shadow ban you or throttle you. But there's a guy with an engineering mind, a tech guy who can get in there. He'll figure this out. I think he'll make a big difference at some point. Uh, uh, he, he he claimed a title for himself, uh, and that is uh, the the chief engineer uh, for uh, for SpaceX. Uh, he, he and Tesla. He he knows physics inside out. The guy is obviously a genius. Uh, he's he's brilliant. And and there was a great picture uh, of the of the <laughs> of, of a number of the top managers at uh, Twitter, and. And they they they're not going to be the smartest kids in the room anymore. Uh, when he walks into the boardroom, uh, he's going to be the real deal, and they're going to have to kind of genuflect uh, when he walks in. Not just because he is the majority shareholder, but because he is Elon Musk. It's it's going to be really interesting. I don't think the man will put up with their their silliness, uh, their juvenile silliness in particular, very long. What do you uh, think? Well, I, I agree. You know, uh, these two, that old expression, well, he's not exactly a rocket scientist. Well, this guy is literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> and if it's him against some uh, 12-year-olds in cubicles at uh, Twitter headquarters, I think he wins easily. Yeah, and I get a kick out of their CEO today releasing an, a note saying that they're uh, they, <laughs> the edit button that uh, that that uh, Elon Musk questioned what people would want. He thought that would be a good one. Yeah. And I think it's a great idea. Uh, they decided they wanted to take credit for it before Musk could get there. They actually uh, did something very stupid. Uh, they they claimed his idea uh, as he's coming in the door, and they also said they would not change their position on whether or not Donald Trump was permitted on Twitter, period. It's their policy. That's it. As if Elon Musk is not going to have a role in policy. Uh, their attitude is really the arrogance of uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, and he is a guy who made a big statement when he moved to Austin, Texas with his operation, uh, because he doesn't want to be part of that particular club. Yeah, no, my money is on him. I mean, look at the, how brilliant these Twitter people are. Everybody has an edit button. Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Match.com, every site in the world, there's an edit button. How come it took him 14 years to figure <laughs> To put yeah. an edit button. Yeah, and, and Alan, the, it looks to me like the the variable here, the the catalyst was a guy by the name of Elon Musk who just brought it up one time, and the next thing, it's their idea. <laughs> Which, by the way, is, as you said correctly, has been on social media, other places. Um, the FBI, now we're seeing some pretty fancy stuff uh, on the part of the FBI this time. The FBI, it turns out right now, has discovered some more names of hundreds more of January 6 rioters. Are you ready? The DOJ doesn't have enough attorneys to prosecute them. This is a national crisis, I'm telling you. Uh, your reaction to this discovery, uh, again, uh, 14, 15 months after uh, the 1-6. Yeah. Well, on the air, if I do one of these stories, I always say to the audience, for those of you who don't remember, about a year and a half ago, there was a trespassing incident at the Capitol because most people put it out of their mind. Yes. I, it's, it, it, it's not the worst attack on the Capitol. 
you know, I hate to say it, but in the 50s, there was a group of terrorists that went into the Capitol, started shooting Congress people on the floor, killed yep. five or six people. This, is, this was just a trespassing incident. There was no insurrection, according to the Justice Department, because I looked at the 1,300 charges that had been filed. It's all a trespassing, disorderly conduct, uh, entry illegally entering government. That's all it was. Nobody's right. been charged with insurrection. I know the guy sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk and he knocked the printer off, but that's about the worst of it. And, uh, you know, we have video of literally every second of that incident. You can watch it all on video. So I don't know what the hell they're investigating for a year yeah. and a half. Well, I think what they're not doing is sharing the evidence. Uh, they're not sharing all of those hours of videotape. Uh, for some reason, they don't want to release that mark to the American public, which tells you all we really need to know. It's another left-wing Marxist, you know, uh, gambit uh, on the part of Pelosi and Schumer uh, and Biden. Uh, this is outrageous. And the FBI, with more names of hundreds of January 6 rioters, the story itself, uh, which was on NBC News, comes out. And what I love is the first sentence. Uh, because I am a great, great devotee of uh, dependent clause leads in news stories. Aided by citizen sleuths who keep identifying January 6 rioters, the Justice Department is finding that it has more cases than lawyers to prosecute them. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> now, how about that? We don't have vigilantes anymore. If this is, if these were conservatives, they'd be vigilantes uh, and God knows what else. Citizen sleuths becomes the term that is used throughout this news story. Citizen sleuths. Uh, they also call these people sleuths. They call them sedition hunters. <laughs> it sounds like something that should be on the Discovery Channel, doesn't it? Sedition hunters. Uh, they go through. They do everything but say what it what they mean. Left-wing yeah, activists have been pouring through the records looking for anything that looks like a, a Trump supporter who could be connected to a misdemeanor, no matter how slight, on January 6th on the nation's capital grounds. And to them, to the Democrats, to the liberals, to the woke uh, idiots, this is the biggest, sad, this is their 9-11. They can't stop thinking about it. And they don't realize to 99% of America, it didn't. It, it was bad, but it didn't mean anything. They had riots far worse in their own city, much more violent. Their cities were on fire, burning down for weeks on end. We had major cities where two, three, four blocks were seized and they were declared no longer part of America. Courthouses burned, police right. stations burned. <laughs> go through those videos. Find some of those people. Let's go after them. Yeah, go after them, but that would require moving those Soros uh, prosecutors aside and saying we're going to have uh, blind justice in this country, which we don't. Uh, it, it is also, to me, instructive that this search for more lawyers looks to me like a ploy, again, on the part of the left. They're very good at ploys. Uh, <laughs> I think they just came up with this as a as a cover to hire up all of the attorneys that are loose and unaffiliated at this point uh, before going into the 2022 elections. What do you think? Well, it's a good plan because any lawyer who's a great lawyer, you know, Republican lawyers are all great lawyers and they're working in all the top law firms. It's these left wing lawyers wandering around without a job with nothing to do all day working in some free clinic. Uh, so they'll end up uh, with with them, but I think everything changes in January 
uh, when the Republicans take over and they take over control of the committees and that January 6th committee is controlled by Republicans and they'll start a real investigation. Why wasn't there enough security? President Trump said in a meeting the day before you should have 10,000 troops. Acting Defense Secretary Miller said, we're on it, don't worry, and then never did it. Uh, he claims, well, he didn't get it in writing. But if a president tells you something three times in a meeting, I would think you'd go ahead and do it. That has to be investigated. Ashley Babbitt has to be investigated. Uh, all of that has to be looked at, and it will in January. Yeah, it's, and I would, uh, I would wager this, that uh, we will never see justice done because this is under the control of Nancy Pelosi and the radical left in this country. Uh, unless, unless the American people have truly become woke, have awakened, and will vote out these Democrats at every opportunity come November. Uh, your thoughts about how that'll play out as we wrap up here, Mark? Well, yeah, this has always happened in the uh, two years into Obama, two years into Clinton, Republicans take over the Congress. We expect a bigger red wave this time than those uh, two previous times, a huge red wave. The good news is that big red wave uh, means a lot of Republicans out voting. So it may change a lot of governor's races, a lot of mayor's races. Uh, here in New York, we're thinking we'll get a Republican governor because of that red wave in the congressional race. And uh, it could get rid of a, a lot of bad governors who and you get the right governor. They can get rid of those district attorneys. That's right. And uh, in New York, the latest poll showing Lee Zeldin, Republican, uh, running against Kathy Hochul, who succeeded uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, uh, they're neck and neck. Uh, she has just, uh, I think it's two or three points lead right now. Uh, but that's remarkable in a New York state uh, race of any kind. Mark, as Mr. New York, we thank you for representing the entire state and indeed the nation. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate you being with us. You get the final word here, as all our guests do. Uh, fire away. I thank you for the great podcast every day. I love podcasts because you got more time to open up. You get more details. You get to really uh, go without having to stop for commercials and keep everything in these little segments. And you, uh, you've created one of the best podcasts in America. Thank you very much. Mr. New York, Mark Simone, God bless you. And tomorrow, Congressman Daryl Issa joins us, one of the truly great Americans in the U.S. Congress, businessman and politician. He's a member of the Foreign Affairs and Judiciary Committees. He's our guest here tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and I hope you and yours are having a happy and healthy Easter and Passover weekend. God bless America. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.